Hello, we're here today talking with Catapult Launch Solutions Director Cameron Fuller. Cameron is going to take some time out of his busy day to speak to us on the top five things IT departments should automate. Cameron, I'll let you take it from here. Awesome. Well, thank you for uh, joining us for today's conversation. I very much appreciate it. We're going to take a look at you know some of the things that you really should consider in your organization when you're thinking about automation. We're going to talk about some of the often hidden costs associated with that, you know, factors, you know, how you choose what things you actually want to automate, and then the top five things that I would recommend from my experience in IT that you really seriously consider for automation. So for starters, you know, what's the cost? Let's say I don't choose to automate these things. Well, there's a direct cost, obviously, and the direct cost is your, you know, your staff is spending time working on those particular tasks. And because they're working on those tasks, then they can't be working on other tasks. There's also indirect tasks associated with this or indirect costs associated with this. So what's the cost of not automating? Well, there's a direct cost associated with this. You know, your staff is now spending time working on things that they could be working on more important things. But there's also a lot of indirect things that are cost to this as well. Every time a, a, one of your engineers is working on a task and they have to switch to something different, they're losing that time from that task switching. And oftentimes this results in inconsistent results and it impacts productivity. There's also the potential uh, impact indirectly of security risks. You know, let's take, you know, automation situations such as like an employee termination type situation. Every moment that that employee is available and accessible into their systems beyond when they should be allowed to do so is a security risk. So having a, an automated process for that as an example is something to consider. Then you also have to consider that anytime you're working on tasks that can be automated, you're getting decreased focus on more complicated tasks. So one of the questions we hear from our customers on a regular basis is, what would we choose to automate? For things like this, we highly recommend starting a whiteboard exercise. Get together your IT members and representatives uh, of your IT's customers, bring them together, and sit down and discuss what are the things that you're spending a lot of time on. You know, and how much could you time save if you were to able to automate a particular task? Then you also need to think about it from a complexity perspective. So we did this recently and we found several things that we thought were very relevant for this particular client. And some of those apply to all clients, but in, in most cases, some things will apply to some clients, but not to all clients. So what I would say is the key things that we've learned is focus on first off, how often does something occur? Because if something only occurs sporadically, you're not really gaining as much from automating it. The second is how much time is saved if you were to automate that task. If it's a very quick task, if it only takes you a minute or two to do it, automating it may not make a lot of sense because you're not gaining all that much time from it. You want to actually have tasks that are relatively simple to develop versus the more complicated ones. So if you look back at that, you want to look at the more frequent things, you want to save as much time with them as possible, and you want to have as simple tasks as possible. So that's the key that you want to look at here. Now, what are the top five things that you want to automate? So the number five on the list is social media process and response. And what I mean by this in essence is social media is your ability to be able to communicate about your brand as well as people's ability to provide you with feedback about your brand. So if you're automating things that occur within this, this gives you a chance to be able to be more effective in terms of how you're communicating. So not only can you take, you know, as an example, a blog post that may have occurred, but take that blog post and synchronize it up into Twitter or into Facebook or into LinkedIn. These types of automated actions allow you to be able to help get your word out there better. 
And more importantly at times is to actually watch the response on the community within your brand. There's one of the big computer uh, companies out there that watches their brand very carefully. And if somebody provides negative feedback on their brand, they have a customer service representative that actually reaches out and contacts that person to discuss what's going on and, and help to rectify that situation. So applying automation to things like social media allows you to actually you know, make this much more consistent and allows you to be able to react to it much more quickly. On the fourth thing on the list we recommend in terms of what you should automate is account unlocks and password resets. This, these actually consume more than 30% of an average's help desk time. So there's a lot of time that's being spent on these tickets. And if you look at ticket costs as an example, ticket costs can range between $62 to $84 per ticket. So when you start looking at 30% of a help desk tickets uh, are related to these two things and the cost of an average ticket, the money on this is you know, pretty significant. So there's good solutions that are out there that assist you with these types of situations. I definitely recommend it. Looking into some automation around these areas so you can automatically handle things like account unlocks with you know, appropriate approvals, as well as uh, self-service password resets. Number three thing I'd recommend in terms of what you should automate is user additions, moves, and changes. So all organizations really need to have this. That's one thing that's common for all organizations is you're going to onboard and offboard employees. You know, this is just a commonality of, you know, doing business. So as part of this, um, what's surprising statistic to be aware of is that less than 15% of companies currently have an automated process for this. So what happens is this normally falls to the help desk and it's a very manual process that they need to be able to go through this. And sometimes it's very complicated. As I mentioned before, user terminations are very time sensitive and they're also interrupt driven. So what I mean by that is if, you, if there's a termination situation, that needs to be addressed immediately regardless of whatever that employee is working on at that period of time. So by automating these, you can offload a lot of those types of challenges. And another challenging statistic to be aware of is that up to almost 90% of employees who have been offboarded retain access to some of their applications. That's pretty dangerous when you think about it. If somebody's no longer with an organization, but they still have access to those apps. So one of the benefits to automating something like this is this allows you to be able to do it in a consistent process to make sure that it occurs in all the different systems that it actually needs to occur on. All right, how about number two? We're making our way up to the big ones. Number two, software distribution. Software distribution is, uh, is a process that allows you to be able to push software to users as opposed to users having to you know, take and physically install software. Uh, estimates in the field right now put about 10% of all software is actually ending up as shelfware. So what that means is oftentimes companies have bought a software product, but they've actually not deployed it. So by doing, uh, by doing software deployment automatically, you can increase the likelihood that that software is going to be deployed and decrease the likelihood that it's going to be shelfware. Now you can use tools like System Center Configuration Manager for software distribution and software inventory. That'll help you to get a lot further down the path. Uh, this is also an area that is ripe for automation. And then the number one recommendation from automation is patch management. This is one of the things that is the most manually intensive processes in most organizations. You need to be able to do patch management on at least a monthly basis to be able to secure your systems and enforce the compliance of those systems. Otherwise, you're risking them for you know, potential security breach. Uh, within patch management, this is one of the most intensive processes that exist in most organizations. And even in most complicated organizations that are out there, they have not fully automated their patch management solutions. 
Now, this is really important, and there's a process that you need to go through for it. It's really important because if you don't have systems patched, you're exposing risks and vulnerabilities that can be exploited by hackers. In addition to that, it has to have a process, so you can't just necessarily push everything everywhere. You have to have a process flow to deploy it out properly. Another thing that's oftentimes missed in this area is the fact that this isn't just patching for Microsoft solutions. This is patching for all different solutions. So as an example, there was a, an article that came out recently that discussed one of the third-party vendors who was no longer supporting a particular application, and they actually recommended to the public that they physically remove that application based upon the vendor no longer supporting it. So don't assume that it's just Microsoft that needs to be patched. All the different vendors need to be patched. You need to consider that into the solution. And, and patching in a lot of organizations is really not a priority until it becomes a priority. And what I mean by that is patching isn't a problem until somebody exploits that situation. That's the most common reason that people actually started dealing with patch management effectively is because they've had some sort of a problem that they needed to address. The other, uh, other root cause that oftentimes causes people to look into patch management automation is uh, things like uh, ISO compliance and other you know, PCI and HIPAA and things of that nature. So compliance is another piece of this. Now you can use a lot of different tools out there, including uh, System Center Configuration Manager, uh, WSUS, and the new Microsoft OMS. Those are different tools that give you abilities to be able to help to automate things like this. But what you really want to look at from a high level is not just the tool set. You also want to look at it from a perspective of what is a better process for handling these. Now, the analogy that's being used commonly at this point is what's called cattle and pets. So as an example, most organizations treat a significant number, if not all, of their servers as pets. What that means in this analogy is that, as an example, somebody may log into a particular server, manually apply the patches, reboot the system, recheck the system after it's online, and validate that the application is online. That's pretty much what we call a pet at that point. So that means that you're individually taking care of each one of these. In the case of cattle, as an example, you're taking a very different approach. The analogy from Jeffrey Snover was the concept of cattles and pets. So as an example for pets, you're going to manually handle those situations uh, for patching pretty much every time. Versus cattle, you can patch them in a group. Uh, his analogy that he used was that, you know, something, you know, a dog gets sick or a pet gets sick, you're going to take care of that, and that's, that's something really important, you know? Cattle gets sick, you fire up the barbecue. So they're two totally different ways of looking at things. So the key point to this from an automation perspective is you want to push more of the automation for your patching into groups of systems that are cattle that just, you know, if something goes wrong with them, you pretty much replace them versus pets where you're having to manually maintain those. The more that you can push those into the cattle buckets versus the pet buckets, the more efficient you can get with your patch management solutions. Those are the top five uh, things that we we're recommending in terms of the, what you should automate. And those are in order, number one, patch management. Number two, software distribution. Number three, users adds, moves, and changes. Number four is uh, password unlocks and resets. And then number five is social media processes and response. So our key takeaways for today that I'd like you to think about is, first off is automation can really help you to do more with less work and to do so much more consistently. And the second thing is you can deliver more while working less if you use something like managed automation, where your team isn't responsible for managing that automation, but where you're having a company that addresses that particular automation and manages it for you. 
So consider uh, managed automation type solutions such as uh, Catapult's launch. And then finally, you know, Catapult can help with this. We've been working with our customers now for 20 plus years in consulting services and been glad to assist them in deployments of all of the different products that we've talked about today, as well as doing a lot of work in the automation space over the years. So if this is something that we can help you with, uh, please come and visit us and talk to us at www.catapultsystems.com.